Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode six of the Pull List Podcast Season Do. That means two, I think. It it's a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. That's what you need to know. And my name is Chris Poirier, and with me, as always, is the one and only Hector. How's it going, Hector? Yeah, that good, huh? Yeah, it's pretty much like that. <sighs> you don't have COVID, right? So that's good. I don't no, but, think and, I. You know, not to get overly serious in the intro. Uh, one of my best friends did this uh, oh, no. two weeks ago, and the scary thing was she caught it um, the day after we went hiking together as families. <gasps> so we had that whole uh, like ten day thing of like. Okay, is this about to get crazy? Oh, man. Because my kids and her kid and her went hiking together, and I was like, oh, we'll poop. But no, I'm well, great. Okay. She's recovered. Okay, good. good. Well, that that's a wonderful thing, and good for your friend. <laughs> and so, see, our wonderful listening podcast fans, um, COVID's a thing. Um, y- 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 just pay attention, okay? Don't be don't be dumb. Just, just pay attention. Be smart. Wash your hands a lot. Do the mask thing. Do what you need to do. My local shop's owner is wearing a Court of Owls mask. Like, <laughs> Yeah, if at least you're going to take the opportunity, now is the time that you can dive in on some hardcore deep cut and not so deep cut mask. So, you know what? I have a red it's, hood helmet I do intend to wear <sighs> next week. It's <laughs> it's this isn't a covid episode we're actually like back to normal this week, but here we are fans. Covid's a thing. You're going to be hearing about it for a while. But anyway, We've got a lot of comics to talk about because, hey, comics are actually back and they're semi-normal. But, yeah, mostly normal. You're not going to get DC next week. But But whatever. whatever. Um, We'll get into that. So strap yourselves in and prepare yourselves for We've Got Comic Sign. On today's episode of The Pull List, we've got a wonderful show for you. Uh, We're going to hit the latest news that you need to know, our list of pull recommendations from the past two weeks, some of our favorite new number ones from that time period, and also hear from a listener on their pick. This is The Pull List Podcast. So as we move over to the Polis Podcast newsroom, um, we've got some more stuff for you to talk about. Um, but good news, everybody. Uh, I don't really have anything to tell you about distribution and how distribution in comics works because, you know, we, we Wait, can only we talk can about that for so long. we can do this show without that? Yeah, we can because <laughs> basically um, everybody's started to make their changes and nobody has any real idea idea of what's going to happen until they get their first shipments from either Lunar or um, the other folks. And that's not until week after next. The only thing, like I said, at the top of the show is we don't get DC Comics next week because they had to take a week to kind of reset everything with the distribution. (laughs) So uh, your shelves might look a little empty next week unless Marvel decides to just pack that shelf. I haven't taken a look at next week's solicits. Um, which I guess I could do before the end of the show. Um, so, yeah, I just can't bore you with that one anymore. Sorry. So if you come here for all of the wonderful banter that Hector and I have come to be known for in talking about DC distribution, not this week, fam. We have actual news for distribution you. Distribution crisis. <laughs> um, but on the cool side of things, let's give some DC some credit where – it seems really interesting. I don't know if you saw this, Hector, but DC announced that they're going to team up with Spotify to release original content podcasts that they kind of want to go back 
in time to like radio dramas and that kind of thing and create original content based on, you know, their characters do voice acting and everything and tell us serial stories in a podcast format. Well, I know I know that for most people, this seems like a new thing. Um, right. But uh, DC has been doing this in uh, audio book form for mm. decades. Um and it's totally under the radar. Most people don't have a clue that it exists, but it's uh, through a company called Graphic Audio that DC has been doing this. And what they do is they take an entire mega arc of stories and they've been acting them out with full-blown movie production level audio. Like all the sound effects, all the things, all the voice actors and doing some amazing stories. Um Point in case, Jeez. my favorite one, they actually have a audio of all of 52. Um, oh, dang. And so they have fantastic voice actors. They've got all these things. But, dude, um, I want to say it's maybe 25 discs oh. was the audio <laughs> for 52. Because I, I have it, I actually have the physical CDs of it. Um how but old they are did, you? Huh? Nothing. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but the thing is, they've done m- almost every uh, major story from like the mid 2000s or the early 2000s up until Rebirth in graphic audio format. So this is something that they're not new to. They just haven't put it where people could find it. Right. So and I this, think a lot of this is... WB slash DC trying to increase their footprint into more popular media streams. So Spotify seems like a kind of natural fit for for that one. Right. And that's the thing. Maybe. They're taking something that they've done exceptionally well for a um, long time. And th- now they're doing it where people can actually find it because they've been great at it. But they've uh, they've not put it out in a place where th- that other people could find it. And uh, <clears throat> one of the crazy things is uh, there's are you familiar with, uh, you know, short fuse media like uh, Danny Quick, Morgan Iverson, the guys that do Ace Blade and Lumberjacks comics? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they have been doing uh, this exact same thing and calling it Super Shorts podcast where they actually take their comics characters and do it in like podcast form and uh, the minute that this dropped, <clears throat> that DC was doing this, they're like, man, they copied us. Um, and, <laughs> and so that was their thing was uh, that, that they they truly feel like uh, DC murked them on this. And uh, But hey, nothing new under the sun or the podcasts. Yeah, as as they say, that's a great point. But so for all of you that are looking for a little something different, uh, you've got some you can basically go back and listen to the most of New 52, which is awesome. Um, And I'm just curious to see where they're going to jump in on the new stuff. So that's just kind of exciting. I think that's a great idea. And let's be honest, this is another example of DC is really great at their expanded media. like, DC is the Wii to comic books is to like Marvel's Xbox and PlayStation or the Nintendo. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> they find the more creative outlet, but 
but not necessarily the best outlet. That may be fair. Um, because I mean, I also had the opportunity over the weekend, uh, Superman red sun finally made it to DC universe. It's been out for a while, but it hasn't actually been available on the streaming service yet. Cause they wanted to make them monies and Ooh, they did. I didn't know it was on streaming service. I need to check that out. Yep. It hit this weekend. So you can now catch up on red sun and yeah, just DC's animation is just really freaking good. Um, so I'm excited to see what they can do in that podcast world and curious to see what that's actually going to look like. So I guess because we're like here and talking DC media, we might as well also point out that uh, the other things that have been going on between DC Universe and HBO Max as part of the new WB Super Universe of streaming I don't services. Like the title. I get that it's the <laughs> Echo of DC Plus, but it feels like HBO that's too racy for primetime <laughs> HBO, like late night Cinemax, <laughs> HBO Max. Ooh, HBO Max after midnight. No, not yeah. quite because, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So Doom Patrol season two is out, um, which you can get on DC Universe or HBO Max. So whichever streaming platform that you have thrown all of your doll hairs at, you have your opportunity. And just to keep you busy for the weekend, they didn't give us just the first episode. They gave us the first three. Um so if you've been waiting uh, for Doom Patrol to return, uh, like I have, um, your head probably imploded somewhere in the first five minutes of the first episode because it's still one of the most Grant Morrison Doom Patrol-y things that you have ever seen or witnessed. So congratulations, Doom Patrol fans. Uh, your acid trip of a dream continues because <laughs> I don't have any other way to explain what is going on. Ah. <sighs> Doom Patrol is a wonderful thing, and it is just so awesome that it's continuing in the Grant Morrison, Richard Case era um, of storytelling, because if you're trying to identify villains and characters from the DC universe, you know, you're going to have to get out your computer and Google a lot because <laughs> they've gone right into the heart of Doom Patrol territory that you just don't know what you're looking at. Well, I've actually read a decent amount of Doom Patrol since the series came out. Nice. So, you know, it's. I hope that I'm not going to be totally lost. It's not. I mean, it's like the show has been that they kind of give you enough background into who these folks are unless they're holding the reveal. Um, they're holding the reveal on one of them for sure that they gave you the character's visualization, which means if you know who it is, you know who it is. But in the story itself, they haven't quite fleshed it out yet. But the others that you've seen in the first three episodes, they've gone through the process of explaining why they're important. Um, so I give them a lot of credit that using something that technically a fan base has knowledge of, but also creating a media presentation that isn't going to leave people that don't know what they're watching <clears throat> in the dust. I have right. a huge appreciation for shows that are capable of doing that. And to be honest, Doom Patrol does a pretty good job given how insane just the content is in general. But like other things that we usually warn you guys about, um, not for the kiddies. They, <laughs> uh, Cliff Steele um, has, you know, his his catchphrase <laughs> um, or catchword. Well, you're much more aware of it in season two. <laughs> how? How? <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's it's almost uncomfortable. It's almost uncomfortable. Um, it's one of those. Well, that certainly illustrates um, the diversity of the word, I believe, is the way that they say it. Um, <laughs> so, yep, just just be prepared for that. <laughs> um, 
if you thought Cliff had gone full Cliff in season one, not yet. <laughs> Almost, but not yet. So good times. Um, and then right off the end of that, also in process, Harley Quinn rounded out the end of their second season. So Harley Quinn, you know, went on a heck of a ride between two seasons. And well, the fact that you got the whole Justice League by the end of season yeah. two was like, yep. I'm seeing pictures on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, is there a new Justice League? Or, oh, it's Harley. Um, yeah, never mind. No, it's Harley's, you know, great for what it is. So, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I have never had the appreciation of King Shark that I do now. <laughs> oh, no, they they made King Shark freaking lovable. And having Alan Tudyk be um, Clayface and Joker is yes. great. Um, and this may be my favorite Bane iteration ever. It's a great Bane. It's a great Bane. <laughs> Damn you, Todd. <laughs> I mean, but here's the thing. Okay, you, you just Bane need to watch that Bane can never be show. taken seriously great. again after Tom Hardy. Like, every <laughs> version of Bane to be iterated after Tom Hardy has been a joke about Tom Hardy's voice. Aw. I mean, think about it. You're you not, had in the Lego movie, wrong. in this. Right. I mean, it's just like, hey, remember that one time Tom Hardy put on a mask and made a wacky voice? <laughs> Let's make jokes. Um, he literally <laughs> took like one that. of the first characters to completely destroy Batman and right. made him an awkward Muppet. Not only destroy Batman once, but if you're current, twice or twice. in the process. <laughs> yeah, literally the only uh, guy that could get either inside of Batman's head or physically break him. Let's make him sound really weird and as an awkward character. Well, Good on job. the flip side, though, I don't know if I give that more to Thomas than I do Bane. That's fair. That's totally I feel like fair. Bane was a little more lackey to Thomas, but whatever. Mm, that's true. That's true. Um, he was a useful idiot. Um, may actually be pretty much the point of that story. So that's a valid point. Um but yeah, so I think the bottom line is DC's got a lot of media in a lot of different places. And Hector and I think you should check some of it out. Just be aware of the ratings on some of the shows and um, go forth carefully as you see fit. But all of that's been fun. And we also get to play the game of we don't know if we get a season three of Harley or not. We won't spoil anything here, but basically they kind of leave it in a spot that if they ended it there, I don't know if I'd be mad, except that I wouldn't get more King Shark. Well, what's going to be weird is getting uh, Michael Rooker as King Shark in the Suicide Squad movie after this King Shark. Oh, that's going to be really weird. <laughs> because you go from this King Shark, which is hilarious, to getting Yondu as King Shark. Um, and, you know, I I literally, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Michael Rooker is going to do with the character. Because oh, man, my brain might not be ready for this. Well, Peter Capaldi is also in Suicide Squad, and I can't wait to see what they do with him. So That's valid. So lots of crazy stuff going on on the DC side of the fence. So hopping over the fence to the Marvel side of things, um, how many people want to see new and crazy, amazing Spider-Man stories? What new, crazy, amazing Spider-Man stories? That sounds like what everybody wants. 
Right. I'm looking out and I'm seeing all the virtual hands raised. That's good. Well, guess what, kids? Um, this September, the Green Goblin returns. That's right. Everybody's favorite Osborne is back um, because reasons. You're going to have to read the comic for the reasons. That's the point. But the Green Goblin is is finding his way back. And it's supposed to be in the line of Amazing Spider-Man number 49. But just because it's Marvel and just because we can, they're going to go back to legacy numbering for that issue. So get get out your calculators, kids, because it's time to do Marvel math. That comes out to roughly issue 850. Far as we know, we think. Not really sure. But. I feel bad because I don't know why he's gone in the first place. So, <laughs> Well, it's been a while. There's been a lot of back and forth. And, of course, two years ago when Legacy Numbering started the first time before they canceled it or the second time. or Look, it happens a lot. But in the last few years that we've done Legacy Numbering, um, he came back and we got a Red Goblin. And that was a big deal. Um, that was two years ago. Because Marvel's so, answer to a stale villain is to make them red. <laughs> I mean, and now he's going to become green again. So it's fine. This is fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not really trying to be down on it. I think that technically getting into the wheelhouse of solid characters for Marvel is always going to be a safe place, but I'm not sure that I always want my comics to be safe is probably what I'm really saying uh, between the words there. But, I hope it's a great opportunity for folks to jump back in on Amazing Spider-Man. The biggest issue for Spider-Man over the last couple of years is there's been no less than seven different spider books on your shelves at your local comic shop in the last couple of years. And that's just overwhelming for a lot of fans that if I want to keep up with the spider family, they almost literally double the name of bat books out there. And that's really hard to do because <laughs> there's a bat family with all kinds of different people as well. But anytime that Marvel decides to go to ground and bring out some of the big guns, I'm, I'm at least hopeful that it's a great point to jump no, no, people dude, back. It's, it's what the operative said in the movie Serenity. When your quarry grows, goes to ground, leave no ground to go to. <laughs> that's that's what Marvel does. They're like, you can't step in a comic shop without getting webbing. <laughs> Here you go. Have some. Have some spider. So keep an eye out, spider fans, because um, that is in your future. And I believe they are currently soliciting targeting around September. So hopefully as the end of summer and fall, maybe, just maybe, maybe things are slightly back to normal. Who knows? Or, you know, Green Goblin gets COVID and that's what we're doing now. But who knows? So Green Goblin returns in September. Um, also, out of the Marvel deep dive of random intellectual property that they've decided to latch themselves onto, how many of our listeners are super excited for a Warhammer 40K comic? Yep. A lot quieter that time, which I'm not super surprised by, but I know that some of our gaming fans out there understood what I just said, but um, Warhammer 40k um, is a mythos that's been around for quite a while um, and is a mini war game, tabletop war game type thing, and they've done tons of books, other spinoffs and all that. Titan Comics um, used to be the intellectual property holder and Marvel um, was able to snatch that from them kind of in a lull over the summer. So 
you're getting a book from Gillen and Burroughs. Yeah, that Gillen. Um, in the Warhammer 40k space. So if you're into protecting things for the Emperor and Ultra Space Marines, well, your day's coming because it's going to be pretty wild. I've seen some of the early pictures from it and you can see the article in it. It's very Warhammer. So if that's what you're into, nuke that baby from orbit. These guys know what I'm talking about. It's good. Um, and I guess the only thing that's left for us to at least touch on and it's I don't know why I left it for the end, but it's one of those things I think we have to at least talk about for a second is we're obviously in an interesting time in our country between COVID and just 2020 literally finding every possible way to make the next month even more crazy than the last. But along with the issues of race and everything else that have been coming up and popping up across the industry, what's kind of gone under the radar, except for people that are paying very close attention in the comic industry, is that a lot of sexual harassment related um, statements and allegations have come up in the last couple weeks against a large cross-section of artists and writers from almost all of the major houses. And I say that it's kind of important to talk about because there's some people that probably don't know that these conversations are going on because there's just so many other things going on. And there's a lot of, lot of folks that have been major contributors to Marvel, Image, DC, and beyond over the years that the allegations coming out are just – it's a truly unfortunate – reality to know that these things have gone on. Um, but now names are being named and circumstances are being named. And so we've dropped an article because <laughs> it would almost take the rest of the show literally just to talk about all of the people that have currently come up and some of the things. But it's the unfortunate part that we know that these types of things occur and we all do need to be better. And I don't know what to say other than that. I am Hector, I don't know what your thoughts have been as you've kind of seen some of the things. You've sent me a couple as you found them, and I've sent you a few as I found them, and I finally found this one article that kind of goes down the list that we're just in a time period now where voices are being heard, so a lot of people are taking this as the opportunity to get their voices heard and to get these things out in front of folks. Dude, I don't even know. It's just... It's unfortunate, and then, you know, I think the only, I think the only two positives to take away from this are, or not even positive, but just things that we can be aware of and check are the simple fact mm -hmm. of when we see stuff like this, one, this should always make us check our own selves. Like, mm. and, and, you know, especially for you and I that are in ministry settings that were in con settings that were in community settings like is anything i've ever said or done like an issue that it would be that if it came to light of day that there would be a beef you know there's the spiritual concept of integrity and that our integrity guards us you know as it says in song mm -hmm. just like that we're we're protected by our own integrity and you know it sucks to see people's stuff shaken and just rattled because of that you know the one the first thing you know i'm not saying the name just to be douchey but like with ellis um yeah 
Like Ellis just had a something from a Batman death metal thing that's being pulled. Like I literally, liter- beside my microphone <laughs> is planetary from Ellis that I'm reading, and like literally, like to see that you know you can be this established and your actions, even if they're even if the allegations aren't true, but that your actions could bring you to that place. It's terrible. Um, so it should always be this thing of we sh- these kind of things should be a alarm to remind us to check ourselves, but also to uh, just live with that kind of integrity with these things. And then the other thing it should be that you know this should also be times where we celebrate people for actually being people of integrity, because um, usually like mm-hmm. for we we usually don't bring people's names up until something bad happens but you know it's like it's true it's like hey lee weeks is a good dude we should remember that right. or you know mm-hmm. like uh you know tim sale has always been kind to me or mark bagley has always been cool like i mean like you know it should also help us to look at the people that are actually doing well but i don't know and that's the thing you think everybody's doing well until this kind of stuff comes out so right and it's such a complicated space and I mean, but we also need to know when these things are occurring. Um, that And that's the equal flip side that's just so hard to balance is – and I've seen a lot of that conversation this week of people that are like, yeah, there's uh, – tons of us have been fans of Ellis. Um, but does that change our opinion when we find out that it we, – we need to find out if these things are true um, – but unfortunately, it sounds like many of them are. Um, that what does that do in terms of the fandom and the work behind them and everything? And it becomes such a complicated conversation. And I think that's one of the things that's important for us all to remember right now is there's a ton of really complicated conversations going on in our country. And one of the most important things is that we take the time to listen to these conversations and like you said, that part of that is now checking ourselves, our own integrity and in, and shoring up and ensuring that we're doing the right things and not placing people or ourselves in compromising situations that that's the big piece, fam, is that there's there's a lot going on. And one of the best things that we can all do is listen. And um, let me just tag on there too yeah. that uh, I, I made reference of a Bible reference and I don't like referencing bible references was that actually giving the reference uh that was psalm 42 or psalm 41 verse 12 because of my integrity you uphold me and set me in your presence Mm. forever that literally like our integrity holds us you know accountable before the world but also before god and so your integrity matters and don't be a douche yeah bottom line is is be better fam and and be, be there for those as they go through the journey. So we didn't want to become super downer on it, but we know that for folks that are paying attention or if you're unaware that you should probably be aware of some of the conversations that are going on because like we said, there's just so much going on. So be up to date. We want to give you the news if it's good, bad, ugly, or indifferent so you can be part of what's going on in our hobby, in our industry, and just part of the conversation in general. So that's what you need to know. 
Uh, that's our biweekly look at the industry and delivering you all of the inside knowledge. And as always, you can join the conversation with Hector and I and all of your nerdy friends over at Love Thy Nerd Facebook community. Just search for Love Thy Nerd community there on the Book of Faces. Hit join and begin your geeky venture together with us. Tell us what you liked, join what you hated, us. or possibly. Yeah, one of us, one of us. Tell us what you liked, what you hated, or possibly even what we missed, because we probably missed a lot of things. But we got to keep the show at an hour, so we can't talk about all the cool things in two weeks. It's just a lot. Um, but follow us over there and be part of the conversation. And so we would do this show every week if Chris could read comic books that fast. Oh. <laughs> Hector just dimed me on our own show. <laughs> it took 36 episodes, but there it is. <laughs> go on, go on. Yeah, it's totally fair, but it's it's true. That's why we have a Facebook community, because Chris reads slow, even with pictures. Let's jump into the polls from the last two weeks because we know that's what you're all truly here for, um, unless you were here for the DC distribution talk, which again, I'm sorry. But let's jump in on our top four polls. We're also bringing back our segment of the number ones from the last two weeks that are worth your time. So stick with us to hear those. But Hector, how about you kick us off on what were the four things that you absolutely had to talk about this week? Ooh, we. Okay, so four books and honestly man like the whole two week thing is hard to actually remember what oh, comics were a week ago but hey <laughs> um, so i will say for me one of the uh ones that really jumped out at me oh you gave me batman 93 look at you you're so kind um i know so, batman 93 was actually pretty dope um we got to yeah. see a little more of the uh, Harley Quinn punchline thing, which was honestly one of my favorite things in it. I don't know that I love punchline. Um, I still don't, but I, I don't on. know that I have any beef with her, but I know that I like Harley beefing with punchline. I think that's my favorite yeah. thing. So if Har if if literally punchline just exists to give Harley a nemesis, I am here for that. Um. Yeah, and it's been a fun um, little thing because a majority of that was Punchline basically trying to tell Harley how much she under how much Harley underappreciated Joker, and she basically almost goes full psychiatrist uh, on her and is like, "Oh, sweetie." <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it, it also you... has the reminiscent vibe of Batman White Knight. Um, yes, when we had the two Harleys, so. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, the second Harley might as well be Punchline. Um, and, <laughs> and here we are. Sean Murphy did it. <laughs> yeah, this is, you know, I'm not going to, like, steal Tinian's idea, but I'm pretty sure he <laughs> just ripped off Murphy. Um, but here it, we are. There's some cliffhangers in there um, in 93. You also get some resolution. Yep. Um, but I'll sort say of. this. I'm actually excited for Joker War. Um this issue made me like, okay, I'll, I want to see where this plays out. Um, yep. I, I, I think say that's that fair. 93 is the best cliffhanger issue. I can remember in Batman in a hot minute where there yeah, are so many loose strings. Yup. There's, and they're big. They're not they're big small. Ones. Like, um, like y'all might need to go buy copies of this type thing. <laughs> yeah. And also just the designer and Batman finally 
like facing off and then literally that playing out into a what? that yep uh, <laughs> this issue is so by M. Night Shyamalan. right um, it's like this is not what you are looking for but is so that, that 93 was dope so again this has turned out to be a good follow-up series that i think the momentum would have built really nicely had the world not shut down for a while um yeah this this book would have been banging on shelves in March week to week the way that it was supposed to stack up because I think that's the thing is I think it was designed in that truly serial you've only got to wait two weeks for the next punch and this delay has complicated it so uh, next on there I would jump into Red Hood and the Outlaws 46 again love me some Jason Todd and um, mm. but uh, honestly I love Bizarro like this iteration of Bizarro. And again, I say this every time I actually really talk about it, but the idea of Red Hood and the Outlaws being a fun house mirror of the, ju- of the DC Trinity of <laughs> right. you've got a broken Batman, a broken Superman and a busted Wonder Woman. Um, it's like, I never wanted to call it the anti Trinity because that's not entirely true. No, but I, I, I dig how you have, laid that out because it's totally that that you're like yeah this is a playoff trinity but <laughs> in kind of the weirdest way possible it is so you've you've got the disgra- disgraced batman the the not altogether superman and the wonder woman with baggage and i really love it and um and this one you get to see bizarro be a freaking awesome bizarro um i think it has some you get to see bizarro like jump into hell to fight trigon um and oh, that's a good. I might have to pick that up. I'll I'll visit for that. Um, and because I've not seen Trigon actually be a villain in my honest time ever reading comic books, like mm. I've never picked up a Trigon story. And the fact that Trigon is becoming this thing for this is pretty dope. But uh, you also for the last few issues, uh, Artemis has been half of herself like her axe is missing which is part of her identity and you get the Mm. actual physical metaphor or not a corporeal version of her axe as a person um so she's literally walking around with the human version of the axe that gives her power and it's this banana story and um there's also red hood uh for the last couple issues, Red Hood and Bizarro have been following around a very, very obvious knockoff of Captain America, like to the point of it's humorous, like where they're just straight douching on Captain America. And <laughs> um, that's been a joy. What, but what's he what's he called? Oh, dude, I can't remember. Um, I'll, I'll make a lot of noise if I get up and reach for my shelf. But uh, <laughs> okay, I, I we'll visit later with you on DC's not a captain. Yeah, but he's he's yellow and uh, blue are his colors, Oof. and he's a old decrepit super soldier. Um, <laughs> and, and it's great. Womp womp. Um, so uh, it's like he put the suit on after he danced with Peggy. Um, but oh, so. Red Hood and the Outlaws is doing great stuff, and I, I'm loving it. And if you're a Jason Todd fan, keep going. Um, but I'm having a ball with it. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Sleeping Beauties, number one. Now, um, I'm not putting this on the number one you need to read, but I am putting this on I read it. 
<laughs> and okay, that happened. I um, didn't. I I didn't. So t- tell me a story. It's an it's an odd Stephen King story. First of all, I didn't even notice okay. it was Stephen King when I picked it up. Um, oh yeah, there it is. It's on see? the byline, but it's in a weird color, even on the the cover. So you wouldn't necessarily pick that up. No, I picked it up out of pure interest. And um, it oh, is, but he didn't actually write it. It's it's a based comic in book his, novelization right. of his book. And um, but it's that there's this uh, it honestly, dude, it feels like a really creepy Buffy episode. Um, okay, but it's there is a malevolent naked lady walking around killing meth dealers and um there's this sickness spreading across the world where women are falling asleep and spider webs are covering their face okay and there's like some detectives trying to figure it out and the naked lady doing all the crazy stuff is like happy and cheerful about what she's doing and it's creepy and macabre and um my honest oh, yeah. fa- like my favorite panel out of the whole thing was someone had a coffee cup that says keep talking i'm diagnosing you and um <laughs> and I was oh like, that's where that was from i saw that, that was, on your instagram so yep okay. yeah and that was the thing like i was like that was the one thing i was like i if, if nothing else i enjoyed that um but I mean, literally, I I don't know what to think, and I'm not familiar with this story. Um, So you cannot gauge a Stephen King story by the first chapter ever in anything. No. Um, Because I just got done watching The Outsider on HBO with my wife. And if you would have told me what the end of that series was by the first episode, I would have never believed you. So... I, I might pick this up for sheer interest, but if you like Stephen King and weird, happy, naked ladies killing meth heads while putting spider webs on people, this is for you. Uh, if that's your demographic. Um, I'm confused. And then the other thing I bought, because uh, for the record, let me just say this. Uh, since um, COVID-19 and everything else that's hit, I am proactively doing more personally to invest in my local comic book shops because I'm trying to be like Chris when I grow up. Um, so Aww. some of y'all know, and you know, I've said with my ounce of shame that I buy, I had stopped buying a lot of physical books out of sheer space needs. Um, but I am, I have now reserved that for the foreseeable future, I'm only going to buy print books and I'm going to rotate between my two local comic book shops, um, which are about 40 minutes in the opposite direction. So one week I'm going to one place and one week I'm going to the other. So um, I'll pick that struggle stuff. is real. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying. Both of them carry my books and are very supportive of me. So, you know, I'm trying to do my part. Um, but so I this one shop had stuff that the other one didn't. And. I was just walking by the shelf. I had this book hadn't even crossed my radar, but um, I saw this book called Wicked Things, and it looked doofy, like just silly. Um, but the thing that crossed me when I noticed it this like second walk by is that it looked a lot like the book Steeple that I had read and loved from last year. Mm-hmm. And then I picked it up, and it's the same writer and the same artist. 
I thought it looked familiar art style and I couldn't place it. So right? that makes sense to me. So now. it's it's yeah. the the folks from Steeple and I didn't even look into the premise of what the book was. I'm just like, if the two people that brought me that book, which I totally enjoyed, uh, I did something, I'm going to pick it up. What I didn't realize is I was picking up a young adult book um, <laughs> that Boom Studios now has a young adult division called Boom Box, um, where those are books geared towards kids, or at least younger adults. And right, ish. Ish, that ish range. Um, and so this is a book that is about a teenage girl detective who is trying to be the most like acknowledged teen detective in England and is then subsequently set up for murder uh, by other detectives. And go. And they liaison okay. this teen detective to work with the British police force to solve crimes while she's on trial for murder herself. Um, it has some incredibly witty and humorous things. Um, I could tell that it wasn't for my age of a human. Um, and I may not buy these as individual issues, but more than likely I would pick this up as a graphic novel and enjoy reading it before I passed it on to my 12 year old. Um, so there's that, but it was witty. It made me laugh out loud a couple times and it definitely got a vibe for the writer and the art style that I enjoyed with steeple, just with none of the banana spiritual context of the other book. So those are the ones that really, hmm. that I, you know, of note reading this past. Nice. Years. All right. Let's see. Um, my list is going to sound like Chris's list from most weeks, um, but that's okay because that's kind of what's going on out there right now because a lot of the publishers are trying to get their main stories back on and so there's not a ton of new stuff, um, but that's cool. And also a lot of the things that I read on the Marvel side is going to hit next week, but um Gideon Falls returned in issue 22 and you've heard me talk about this uh Jeff Lemire and his horror type book that this is another one of those that he must be reading some King influence because if I were to tell you what I told you you can probably go back all the episodes of the times I've mentioned Gideon Falls and listen to how I described the book I you would not be where we currently are <laughs> um I almost don't know how to describe where we are now. And the only good part about it for me is I don't, I'm not disappointed in it. <laughs> it's very surprising where this really complicated story of a priest chasing this being has ended up and the chase continues and they've done a lot of interdimensional travel during this journey and we're now kind of all in a similar dimension which has not been the case in part of the chase so the story continues it's on a completely different plane of where it started like we're in a plane of existence right now that feels very v for vendetta to me is the only way i can describe it um but there's still this very evil being that's part of the process so if you're still into that and the craziness that is all that, you know, um, 
Gideon Falls is still worth a check. And I would tell you, take the time to start at the beginning because I feel like the payoff to where we're ending up requires the journey. Um, so definitely Gideon Falls 22 is out this past week, but it's been a heck of a journey. So if you're looking for something completely off the rails in terms of comics, that's a great place for you right now. Also continuing towards, I think we've determined it is a six parter. Um, Mercy number three came out real close to number two because I think they want to continue their path forward. Yep, it is of six. So so issue three, we're halfway through on Mercy. And I can definitively tell you now that the creatures definitely are aliens. Last episode, we were like, is, I'm like, is it a plant? Is it an alien? Yeah, no, Hector was was on it. We're, they've definitely referenced otherworldly being at this point. Um, yeah, it didn't look like a bad poison ivy job. It looked more like... Yeah, we we still don't know what's going on <laughs> in my mind, except that, you know, this kid's figured out they're, you know, a thing, I think, and thinks that the one character is kind of like the mother-ish type character, and we don't really know why, and they don't know either. Um, but we do now for sure also that there's this group of women that are hunting these beings and we don't know who they are. So we have three issues left for this story to make sense. I'm not sure I hold that against it yet at this point. Cause I'm wondering if all of this is going to work towards something and my mind's going to be blown in the last issue or if this was just the most brilliant marketing filler job ever. Cause I don't hate the art. I'm not, disappointed in the journey yet but i'm pretty confused what it's going to wrap up in three issues currently so well, dude i'm just telling you it's got to be better than her other book unsacred right now so okay right right which i didn't journey into so thanks for taking one for the team i guess i'm not reading it either i'm just telling you no you were, you were just like absolutely not no i'm good yeah, yeah same. I'm, I'm, it's absolutely not it looks like a uh the sketchy version of HBO Max version of Lore Olympus, but with angels and demons. Um, Yee. So go on. All right. Um, that's a thing. So I know you a few weeks back. Have you stopped reading Firefly? I stopped the minute um, his mom became a, a fixture. Okay. So, so maybe I've, 13... I've been the one that's been, yeah, has been the continued torchbearer on this journey of brown coatness. Um, so 16 came out mouse still sheriff, um, which is weird. Uh, they tried to uh, blow up the serenity, but they didn't really, which was good. Cause I was about to like, just set that comic book on fire. So I'm not spoiling slash spoiling that. I don't care, but it happened. I almost cringed and they were like, Hey, look, we made it better. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> um, but where we're at, and Firefly 16 is Mouse still the sheriff. Boss Moon is still like a quasi helping. Blue Sun is still totally evil, but that checks. Continuity. Oh, I would, continuity I would be wise. happy to see some new Blue Sun stuff. Yeah, no. Basically, the current arc is uh, Blue Sun is the evil um, industrial complex that it is. Um, and Mal is standing up for the workers. Mom hasn't showed back up yet, but that obviously has to show up at some point. But they've introduced a new bad guy and we don't know who they are yet because they were conveniently shadowed through this entire issue. Um, so it's either really great 
we're working towards something where we're going to recognize said individual or I don't know. So it feels a little more back on track ish, but Sheriff Mal still is kind of (laughs) weird. Not going to lie. Did you read Um, all of the other Firefly books? Um, define all <laughs> like the comic arcs that like there was better days and those left behind and oh yeah 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 no absolutely I, I have every single issue from those including well, that's all what the I was saying because like, I'm a brown coat I all would cover it for you um I think one of my favorite things was that uh they actually covered that in one of those comics that the uh blue sun dudes the two by two hands of blue guys actually mm-hmm. had their organs removed and upgraded like the dude in um, the message and like that he was the prototype. All right. And that's one of the things, man, I've always wanted a continuation of that. It um, may be where we're leaning. Um, Cause I've got vibes. Okay. So and that's the thing what ha- you were I've, saying gave me those vibes and I'm like, Oh, because I was like, yeah, you gave us boss moon, this really random character, but clearly you're getting us someone else that also, um, Jane like did a Jane thing and basically blowed him up and he didn't blow up. Okay. So wait, yep. Blowed so, boss moon up. No, no. The, the new bad guy. Okay. I was about to say, okay, okay, okay. They basically did a, he, he did a Jane and like lit this character up and the character like from the shadows of the fire was like, cool, my turn. And that's how, um, serenity got its butt kicked. Okay. And that's why I was like, I'm kind of angry right now, but I don't know if I should be, but here we are. So, Brown coats. Um, it's still for you to decide. Um, we're not on on Mal's mom, but we are on Sheriff Mal still. And that leaves me to we talked about Batman ninety three. And if you thought you were getting out of this episode without us talking about Strange Adventures number two, <laughs> you haven't been listening. Oh, my gosh! Um, but before you jump there, let me just tell you this: um, the dude's name in Red Hood and the Outlaws forty six and forty five or whatever books, um, as quoted in the issue, this particular uh, is guy's name is General Glory, a World oh War Two superhero turned mm-hmm. secret agent. Okay. So there you go. There we are. So, yeah. Um, Strange Adventures. We got issue one that made our head hurt a little bit um, because that's what this team does. And we had to wait a long while for number two in the 12th parter. And this entire journey for Strange Adventures number two was being introduced to why. Um, semi-spoiler alert. So if you haven't caught up, you turn off the podcast now. Um, don't do it. It's a trap that Batman has decided that they need to look into Adam strange and his existence and this writing of his book. And is he telling the truth and all that wonderful stuff? And he pulls someone that he thinks will be, um, objective in it. And that someone is Mr. Terrific. Um, and, this entire episode is the walk down the path of Mr. Terrific contemplating whether he's going to take on this journey. And in typical form for this creative team, it was pretty brilliant because Mr. Terrific just is constantly trying to become smarter, challenging himself, trying to become stronger. And so he's talking, you know, with his T-ball and all that good stuff. And 
it's just firing random questions at him and just Mr. Terrific knows the answers to everything. You mean bougie Dude, skeets, as we call them in the yeah, streets. Yeah, bougie skeets. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, basically, it's it's an AI. It's smart and it he can go back and forth. And he's just knocking it out of the park. And we're going on this journey with him checking himself to be truly objective in what's going to happen. And yeah, it's one of those books that probably a lot of people will be like, cool, we get it. You could have done that in a page, but part of this journey and storytelling from this creative team is doing exactly what we just saw. And I didn't hate it. It's, it's exactly what I'm expecting from this. And it's another one of those circumstances is I think it's going to be three or four issues before we get to the first major holy crap moment in this series. Well, um, I'll say too, dude, this is the best writing and presentation of Mr. Terrific I've ever seen in a comic book. Right. Like um, we got a lot has, and very intimate of him. Well, and that's the thing we have. Like there's a whole book of called the Terrifics with you know, Mr. Terrific has been around for how many, however many issues. And there is not, there's more character development of him in this issue than the whole Terrifics run. That's probably fair. And unfortunately for people that are even remotely fans, ter- Terrifics is going to disappear and it's going to finish in digital only. And because that's pretty much how well it's been selling and, and all that. So that says a lot. Um, so if you are on the journey, Stay on it. If you still haven't taken Hector and my advice to read stuff like this, then stop it. Pick up the comics. Read them. They're really good. Like this, this is comic st- storytelling at its finest. Um, and you don't necessarily need to have a deep background because he, they're really good at giving us what we need to know in this story as well. So my favorite those line are the, from it was, you know, mm-hmm. they never put me on a lunchbox. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, so God. Um, so, yeah, to kind of round us out for the show uh, today, then we want to let you know about two number ones from the last two weeks that we thought were pretty great. And then we're going to let one of our listeners, one of you wonderful people, uh, tell us a little bit about something you've read recently. And that's going to do it for us. So, Hector, what was that number one that is worth people's time? Uh, Dead Body Road Bad Blood number one which um, I didn't realize is the title that every pastor is going to recommend this week yes Dead Body Road (laughs) Bad Blood Um, now turn to the book of Ecclesiastes Um, (laughs) but but real real talk Um, I picked it up again trying to just support my local shop and also I figured you know number one section for us and Dude, um, I didn't know that this is a later rendition of a previous book. Um, oh, I missed that too. I did read it as well. Um, but there's a whole nother book that comes before this, like a long time ago. So Okay. There's been a lot of that happening in the image space right now, and I don't hate it because I think it was an image, but uh, another book called The Ride was very similar. That it yeah, was I, I, again, I picked up the first issue of that and didn't realize I was already missing stuff. But that's this week they also dropped a new lock and key. Yes. And I wanted to pick that up, but I haven't read the books. So I didn't. Mm, yep. And that's I asked the dude at the comic shop, I was like, can I pick this up now? 
and be okay or do i need to have read all the books and he's like you need to read all the books and i'm like oh sad womp Yep. Um, I was like, I've watched the Netflix show. Does that count? Um, no. But I honestly thought this was just a really dope action uh, title, but not like Expendables action. Like, you know, okay, right. this is going to sound like the dumbest, like, descriptive term, but this book reads like a nondescript action series that would be on USA Network at like 9 p.m., on a Thursday. I'm actually totally okay with that because I was kind of taking the same thing of the, I, you gave me just enough about these characters that kind of not care, not care, not care. <laughs> if you track that good for you, um, because you still didn't get the full image of any of the characters in it, but a lot of people got their butts kicked. <laughs> and, and that's the thing. Like I'm intrigued. I was like, I, I walked away with, I'd like to know more. Um, <laughs> please tell me more random violent comic. And that's the thing. I, I legit walked away with, I would buy this again just to see where this goes. Um, I thought it was told well. I thought some of the direct, I honestly felt like you had a really good director for the layout of this book. Um, that the way that one of the shots that really impressed me is there's a shot where dudes talking to the lady at the bar and mm-hmm. she's looking in the mirror backwards right. at him while she's talking to him. And I was like, man, that's a good cinematic shot. You don't see people draw that very often. Um, yep. And that I think that was one of the things. Visually was well done and it was intriguing enough to keep reading. So I don't yeah. know if I'm going to go back and explore the previous story, but uh, I'll keep reading this awesome you know i i was kind of the same i will at least give it another one um but yeah totally not for the kiddos um it it, it's a good um action romp but it's it's it leans on that so just just know um as you take a look at those things that that's that's for adult reading time um not as much as some other stuff that we've seen but it's definitely sits where image normally tends to be a little more mature than your DC and other books. It leans that way. So for me, um, if you also thought you were going to get to the end of the episode and not hear the words death metal uttered, <laughs> you were wrong. Um, because it's Chris's, um, number one and really Hector's too, because both of us were like, we read both of these books, but this is how it's going to be. So, um, DC fans, um, uh, metal, is back in the form of death metal and Batman who laughs and all the crazy interdimensionalness that comes with all the different types of Batmans and other characters that come with it, um, come with it. Um, so I don't need to spend a lot of time here except that in the near future, you need to be ready for Batman T-Rex and that's all I'm giving you. Have a nice day. Um, cause that's a thing, but yeah, uh, Batman who laughs is back. It's, utterly bonkers like it's been all the other times but batman's kind of in that process along with some other members of the justice league and attempting to finally figure out how to defeat the batman who laughs which has basically been the point of every metal related book since metal came out and my understanding is this is kind of the setup and kind of similar to metal itself when it came out a few years ago that there will be one shots for some of the characters within. So I believe we're going to see a Wonder Woman. We'll see a Superman. We'll probably see 
any iteration of other Batmans this time around. So lots more metal content coming. And of course, Scott Snyder's like, I'm just nuking the DC universe right now. So have fun with that. Um, I will say this. I enjoyed this one issue probably better than most of the actual metal run previously. I think that's fair, probably from the perspective of, I felt like there's a little more structure is that fair? Um, yeah. Because the thing with all the other one shots and everything is there was a story being told there, but the structure was left. To no, no, no. I enjoyed the- all the one shots. What I didn't enjoy was the actual book. Right. Okay. Yep. I'm tracking. The and yeah. So. But death metal. Y- it's you, it's a you thing. had your thing <laughs> of Batman T Rex. I'd like to just say, um, invisible chainsaw. <laughs> oh. Oh yeah. Um that was my favorite yeah. part. <laughs> Not Yeah, no, you need to pick this book up and find out A how that became the B and then why that's funny because all of that is a pretty entertaining thing that literally ran the entire length of the first book. Um you're welcome. Invisible Chainsaw T-Rex Batman. Two words you might have never thought were going to be uttered in any way shape or form, but here we are cuz comics are interesting. So, to leave all of you with just some more goodness. We want to continue to hear from all of you what you've been reading. So just to remind you guys, you can give us a call at 706-530-1412 and leave us a 30-second message to a minute of your favorite read or maybe something that you've just been reading that you you just caught up on and we've never talked about. And you could be on the next episode and tell us all about it. It's that simple. You buy comics, you read them, you call and nerd out. And so for this episode, we heard from Nick Simpson, who's from North Carolina. Uh, he actually, yeah, um, Hector and I know Nick. Uh, Nick came into the shop where I was at all the time. So shout out to Nick. And he wants to tell us a little bit about a Nightwing story that was in Batman Giant number four. And well, Part of the reasons that's important, we're going to leave it to Nick. So let's listen and see what Nick has to tell us. Hey guys, Nick Simpson from uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. I uh, just wanted to tell you about the Nightwing story that Tom Wilde did um, on the right now. Steve Orlando, I feel like, uh, in the Batman Giant issue of the sport. Which is, you know, I truly wanted to point that out. That was Tom Wilde's last thing, actually, post that. Um, he finished it up shortly before he passed away on the 2nd November. Actually, it's just the artwork in it. Amazing. I mean, it's Tom Wilde, but not hard. Um, he really has a great job. So, you know, kind of dictated turmoil. Um, I won't really dip on the way. I feel like I did anything else. With really um, but yeah, check that out. It's really good. So, um, so that was Nick again from North Carolina uh, telling us a little bit about that Nightwing story from Tom Lyle. And the thing that really is striking for those of you that may remember that Tom uh, passed away last November. So this story was already on the presses and everything and didn't come out till May of this year. So far as we know, this may be some of his last work. Um, but I haven't had a chance to read this story personally because uh, it was in one of the Batman Giants, um, but I've definitely seen panels from it and it did look great. So I don't know 
Hector, if that's one of the ones you were able to pick up, because I think that was in a Walmart first. I didn't pick up any of the ones with Nightwing because um, maybe I did, but uh, it's a Batman. It was in a Batman giant. So yeah, I, it was I'm just a Nightwing honest. specific. Mm. If uh, if it was in a Batman book, I only read the Batman part. Ooh, like I literally well, just read the ten pages that uh, pertain to what I was looking for, and I never cracked past that. Well, this sounds like one that we probably both should go back and check out. So thanks, Nick, for bringing that to our attention. Um, as always, like I said, you know, give us a call and you can be on the show. And we just want to hear from all you guys and all the cool things that you're reading. So hit us up by Friday of the following week and you could be in the next episode. We love to hear from you guys and it's been great to have – we've had listeners for the last three episodes. So you could be next. But – that's going to do it for us here at the Polis Podcast. Episode 6 of Season 2 is now in the books and in your ears. But we couldn't possibly do this alone. As many of you know, we take this amazing journey of podcast and fandom with a ton of other amazing podcasts over at Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. They're constantly trying to expand the shows on their network. Um, we've talked about them before. We've got Humans Gaming, Free Play, Church Nerds has been a – recent edition. And then I can now tell you coming in the not too distant future, you will see a book club uh, podcast that's coming. That's going to be nerdy folks reading nerdy books and sharing them with all of you. So there's lots of things coming from the love thy nerd podcast network. So check them out because we call them home and they treat us pretty good. So come hang out in the community and listen to the other shows. But Hector and I definitely want to thank you for choosing us as your primary comic book knowledge factory on a near weekly basis. So don't leave us hanging. Rate and review the show on your favorite podcasting app of choice. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and so many more. Give us the five stars because, quite frankly, we work hard for it. But thanks for listening. And remember, kids, read more comics. I'm going to take all seven continents of the game of risk.